0: Welcome to the Creators Adventure where we interview creators around the world hearing their stories about growing a business. My name is Brian McInulty. I'm the founder of Heights Platform and today I'm talking with Jacob Cass about branding, traveling the world, and growing a coaching business. Hey everyone, today we are here with Jacob Cass. He is a brand designer strategist, educator, podcaster, business coach, community builder, and the founder of Just Creative, an award-winning branding and design consultancy that doubles as an industry-leading blog. Jacob helps grow brands strategically and has worked with clients such as Disney, Nintendo, and Jerry Seinfeld, and now he's focusing on bringing his global brand experience to smaller businesses. And while growing his online business, Jacob and his wife have traveled around the world and visited more than 85 countries. So Jacob, welcome to the show. Thank you, pleasure to be here, Brian. And you know,
1: you just shared with me that you, we'd met over a decade ago, so that was crazy. Um, thank you for reminding me, but that was um, you know it's a little tidbit of uh, uh, backstory.
0: Yeah, I was uh, really glad to see when my team booked this interview because I saw it pop up and I was like, oh, Jacob Cass, I know him. And, um, yeah, it was like, I feel like over 10 years now ago that we met in, uh, New York quick and, uh, we've talked before that. Um, and I know at the time you've, uh, you, you had traveled some and I was traveling a real lot, but now it looks like you've traveled way more than I have. So I'm interested in, uh, talking with you about that a little bit later, but to start out, um, so you're a brand design expert and the founder of just creative. So tell us how you got started. In your design career, and what made you decide to found Just Creative?
1: Yeah, good question. I, I'll try to keep it short because we are condensing twenty years into you know yeah. a short conversation. But you know, we rattle off a couple of titles there in my intro, and it's you know we all we all have a title, but it's sometimes it's hard to just say like, get down to something pure and simple. For me, at, at my heart, I'm a designer. my studies was you know based on graphic design visual communication i've always been attracted to art and you know those creative subjects versus you know science and maths and so forth so it's in in my bones the creative gene and you know have been a designer for a a long time so the simplest way to put uh, put down who i am it would be a designer Um, but that kind of led me into creating just creative which is my brand design studio, um, brand strategy, I do brand strategy, I do logos, I do a bunch of stuff uh, as part of that agency. And it also doubles as the platform for our community and the blog and a bunch of other stuff, which I I won't get into too much. But uh, yeah, I started um you know my journey back in you know high school is when i was just dabbling in photoshop and web design and you know i was just doing creative stuff and i was morphing my friends faces together as a hobby you know with like a pirated version of photoshop you know many years ago and that kind of just led me into doing you know creative things and i started to teach myself web design and then a friend asked me oh i need a logo i need a website i'm starting a new business and i was like well i i didn't know I, i don't know but i'll try it try it out So I did that and I didn't really know about graphic design as a career. It was just something I was attracted to. And then I saw a careers advisor at my high school and they're like, yeah, you can do graphic design as a career. And I was like, okay, well, this is a path I can follow. So I went kind of in that direction. I studied more design and tech and uh, that sort of, um, I guess in that arena I'd studied more and that led me to university where I studied visual communication for a number of years. And then I got headhunted by a agency in New York city was well, still a design student and that was because i was running a blog at the time that was documenting my design studies and sharing my work and you know just putting myself out there so i was getting into social media twitter had just started and i was getting big on twitter and some of the other social media platforms this was very early days uh, it was called blogging back then not content marketing and <laughs> You know, I was very attracted to the internet and the web and all of that. And that got the attention of a social media slash digital agency in New York who was, you know, they were on the money in terms of, you know, this is the direction um, where the industry is going. All the big agencies were scrambling and they were just much more nimble. And that's how um, my career got started. So I went from being a design student to working for Disney off the bat. So I was like, wow, this is awesome. Uh, It was like a catapult. I literally catapulted from Sydney to, to New York. Uh, like, and it was a totally total shift, right? I didn't know anyone, didn't know a thing, new to the industry, fresh off the plane. And I found a place to live the day before I got there. It was, it was a big leap. That's, um, but it, you know, started my career. So I, I stayed in New York for five years. I worked for a number of different agencies and got like cut my teeth into the world of advertising design. I was working as an interactive designer back then. So it was more, um, i was doing more websites for like nintendo and user experience for these sorts of uh, brands but at that agency they it was a full service agent agency so although i was in the digital department i was exposed to the ad agency and i was involved with all the pitches and cut got just learned about the processes and the, the act of pitching and how teams work together and you just got access to greater minds right in the agency so yeah you know, creative directors and art directors and copywriters and like working together to create something brilliant which I literally would not have been able to do if I was working for myself like I, I do now but that's because I've had that experience uh, and that's really um, where I cut my teeth and then after that I left uh, New York and went traveling so when you're asking about when you saw all those traveling those more more countries that's when it happens so uh, the goal was to travel for a year that year turned into three years just because it was awesome and you know we actually realized we were making more money on the road than working in new york and paying rent and like you know the expenses of new york so the, it actually became easier we reduced our hours we we're working like four hours a day um versus you know the 50 50 hour work week or more in new york so it was sure, like sure. total lifestyle shift you got to see country different countries you could run the agency like on the road And, you know, the four hour work week was a, you know, a big help in this, you know, a book by Tim Ferriss. And just getting into that mindset of like, um, that it is possible. You don't have to work a full 40 hours or more to be successful. And successful is really about what your definition is. So for me back then, mid twenties, you know, I, it wasn't about growth. It was about experiencing life and experiencing new things and being curious and traveling new places, experiencing different cultures, but while having a, you know, um a business that could fuel that right so we had um we had clients that could you know found us through the web it had i definitely had a um a platform already so we didn't just go off the bat right it didn't we didn't just like leave and didn't have a business like we had a runway and we had um an online presence you know we didn't do any marketing um external uh cold outreach it was everything was inbound and you know people found us Sure. Um, and that allowed us to travel for you know, that amount of time and, you know, work while we're on the road. So it was a digital nomad lifestyle, which is awesome. Um, so that was three years. Now I'm back in Sydney, Australia. We have a family, we have roots, we have a home, we have a car. Now we literally went from like a 20 kilo backpack for three years to like, like a full house, <laughs> I had to buy everything. So it was like another major shift. It was like moved to New York, travel the world. And now we've got roots. Um, and now, and throughout this whole time, I've been running Just Creative, which is the agency, the platform, and that's what, you know, is the backbone of our business. And, you know, you read off a lot of things at the start of like in my intro, and that's because we do, do a lot of things. Um, and that's kind of where it is today. You know, we do uh, brand consultancy. So we do, you know, strategy, we do design um that's like the consultancy arm of our business and then we have a community arm so i help creatives and entrepreneurs with their um, their business so we have a group coaching program we also have a a paid membership community called exponential creatives and we have a podcast we have a blog which has thousands of articles to help designers and creatives and whatnot level up and um that's really it that's our story (laughs) that's great i mean i think you covered
0: a real lot there so Um, (laughs) I want to talk a little bit more about the traveling, but before I get into that, I want to backtrack a little bit about, um, so there's all these big clients that you've worked with, um, both through, I guess, the agency that you worked at at the time, um, and maybe with yourself as well. So like Disney, Nintendo, Jerry Seinfeld, and even the city of San Francisco. So I'm sure that people just starting out more in their journey as a creative, um, especially those who are designers, maybe like yourself are wondering, well, what is the pathway to get a big client like that? So can you share a little bit more detail about what's something you think that you did that helped you to land that big agency job or to get those big clients?
1: Yeah. So to be clear, getting these big clients, right? Where I'm working as part of a team within an agency. It's not like the client is coming direct to me. That is possible, you know, for, you know, certain Jobs so like illustration or art direction, for example, that is possible. But I was part of a larger team within an agency. So Disney was their client, Jerry Seinfeld was their client, and they we worked together, right? Just to be clear on that, so sure. listeners uh, understand. So yes, the the agency where I worked at, they had them those clients on their board, and I was part of the digital team. So I worked on you know the digital, um, you know, the online presence for these digital these brands. So that's how i was exposed to them so uh, i did a ton and ton of websites for nintendo and um, disney was another one and um, you yeah, know there's tons more and that's really how that happened more recently i did the logo design for the city of san francisco and that particular client they, um, they had, san francisco had hired another agency and they they subcontracted out to me as it for a logo design and some of the brand identity elements so it, just to be clear here, they're not coming directly to me all, always. It's, you know, an agency could subcontract or you could be working within an agency or they could contact you directly if you're positioned in that way. So it really depends. And how you get these jobs, well, number one is, you know, if, you work, if you're looking for an agency job, right, you have to have a portfolio, obviously, and a presence and you have to, you know, have good work and you know you want to work there and you know it's a classic well how do you get a job it's you know that's a whole other topic yeah but for me it was i got headhunted because of my presence and being ahead of the curve in terms of um you know social media being active in social media and sharing very openly um you know consistently and that's the key right being consistent and just being open and vulnerable and sharing your journey Right. Back then, like I look back on it, it's like my work was terrible, but it got the attention of other people because of my passion and interest in, you know, just being ahead of the curve. So talk about today, right? What's ahead of the curve now? You know, it's VR, it's web three, it's you know, 3D printing, it's like the NFTs, it's like that's the edge. Like if you want to stand out, that's where you have to go, you know, to get you know, to be at the forefront or the frontier of, you know, design and tech and like that world. I'm not saying you have to be in that world to stand out. But, you know, for me back then, it was social media. But, you know, if you're wanting to get into VR design, for example, what would you do? You'd post you know, or your thoughts on VR. You'd dabble in VR. You'd experiment. You'd share openly. You'd talk yeah, about Just it. really you're getting just involved with
0: the whole yeah, exactly. community that currently exists. Because, I mean, I remember way back then, I guess it was at least 10 years ago that like, we saw your blog, we saw you posting all the time. We saw you on Twitter posting all the time. And I'm sure like so many other designers, design agencies, everyone would say like, Oh yeah, we know Jacob Cass. He's, he's always talking about stuff. And, and as you said, even if you didn't feel like you were so good at it yet, like you were always talking about it and sharing your passion about it. And people knew who you were.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the, the more exposure you have, the more awareness you have, then you become top of mind for that person. And, you know, if you're talking about VR and you're like the VR guy and, you know, someone suddenly started in a VR agency, then like that connection's already made. Right? It's like, let's go to this VR guy. He, he's got an interest in it. And he'll want to work with us. Right? He's got a ton of value. So that's how people could get a job is just, you know being open, being consistent, sharing the journey no matter what stage of the journey you're at because you're always going to there's always going to be someone better than you and someone worse off than you. You just have to own where you are. And looking back at my career, that's exactly what I've done. I've transitioned from, you know, blogging to logo design to brand identity to now brand strategy and now coaching and community. It's just the evolution and throughout this time just, you know, learning, sharing, posting, being consistent. So it's like that's that's the secret. It is it's hard work, but you know, that's how these, um, this is how luck happens, right? It's, it's it's not it's not luck actually. It's you know it's hard work, and you know we can call it luck, but it's because of all these things they compound, and then the magic happens. So, in yeah. hindsight, that's you know, how my journeys happen.
0: I think like a good takeaway from that is that even if you feel that you're not really too experienced yet, or you're you could get so much better, um, you're always gonna feel like you can get better. You're always gonna feel like something you did maybe years and years ago, isn't as good as what you could do now. Even so, six months ago, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this the best so
1: like I've done and then you look at it and you're like, oh, I wasn't that good.
0: Yeah. So you don't have to wait to get involved with whatever community there is about the topic that you're interested in.
1: No, what, what are you waiting for? All
0: right, cool. So um, I want to ask you one more question about your design work Out of all the clients and the projects that you've done. What would you say is the favorite thing that you've worked on?
1: It's always something that I'm actively working on. It's always fresh, and it's like it's just something—it's more energy, right? Mm-hmm. You have right at the start of the project, it's a new problem, and you're just like exploring. That's always the funnest part. Um, actually, it's kind of like a roller coaster. It's like, it's like I hate this project, and it's like, <laughs> it's so hard, and oh, I don't want to do this. And then it's like you have this eureka moment and it's like, oh, that's awesome. And then you come back the next day, it's like, oh, that wasn't that great, and you like you go back into it. And it's just a process, right? I love I love that kind of ebb and flow and that roller coaster ride. Um, But to nail it down to one project, like the the San Francisco logo was a cool project that was like a couple of years ago. And now, you know, the process was, you know, they hired a a number of different designers to design lots of different San Francisco logos. I probably designed. I don't know, 20 or 30 different logos and submitted, I don't know, a handful of them to the, the agency. And then they dwindled the, you know, all the logos from all the designers down into a short list and then presented to the San Francisco. And then they selected some of those logos from, um, that short list and then put it into user testing, um, across the world and across different states to see what worked in the real world. Right. So that was a really cool project to to see your work, just getting, you know, shortlist, shortlist, shortlist. And then finally, like they actually came out on top of the focus groups and, you know, became the final logo. So that was really awesome to see. And now, you know, it's a nice little feather in your cap to say you've designed the logo for the city of San Francisco. Yeah, that's Um, awesome. But the process we can get into, I'm not sure if you want to, I can geek out on that, but it really depends.
0: Um, I think we got a lot of questions to cover here, but <laughs> yeah. oh, <wow>. <laughs> uh, I would love to talk topic. about it, but I want to make sure we get some, uh, through some of these other questions as well. So I actually want to shift gears a little bit and talk about some of your travels now. So in addition to your business, you created a travel blog. You talked all about these adventures where you and your wife visited more than 85 countries and even having a newborn didn't stop you. So Uh, I really want to talk a little bit about this because I've traveled a real lot myself. Um, I think around 2010 is when I started traveling and it sounds like we, we shared some similar thoughts about how we wanted to approach it. Um, I also read the four hour work week and for me, it was like, before I even finished the book, I was like, okay, I get it. So that is, that is possible. So, okay, I'm going to do that too. And then I figured I'm going to start traveling, The after I went to the first country, um, it was actually, uh, I had the opportunity that a friend invited me to a do this, do this like English camp thing in Italy, because some of his family was Italian. And I went there, we stayed for a month, and I already had my design studio at the time. And so I had a team working with me, and we had to deal with the whole issue of like, well, we had this big deadline actually at the time, but the trip had to be then. So I had to travel then, and I was so nervous about like, is this going to work? But it worked out and I enjoyed that trip so much that like within a month after that, I was like, I'm going to travel again and I don't know when I'm going to come home. (laughs) And I just, I set out and I think I was gone for about 13 months before even coming back to the U.S. Um, But I've been through about 30 countries, uh, some of them because I want to keep going back to (laughs) rather than going to new ones. But you've been to 85 countries, so that's really crazy um and especially you have a newborn on the way i'm also curious to hear about this because my wife and i actually are expecting uh a baby girl uh, about a month from now and uh, i would love to be able to uh still travel uh with her as well so can you tell me a little bit more about your stories with your travels
1: of course well first off congratulations and welcome to the club (laughs) it's another journey in itself and it is possible to travel with with kids um and you know if it depends on your experience with travel, but it just, and what you're wanting to get out of travel, where you want to go and the experience, right? It does change things with like, you know, sleep schedules and where you stay and how long you stay, you know, just to paint the picture. And you know, when you're, when you don't have a kid, you, know, you have ultimate freedom. You can pack up, you can literally pack your bag in five minutes and like get out the door and go to the next place. Can't do that as a, uh, you know, with, with a newborn, especially they, they sleep a lot. So this style of holiday changes. And I use the word holiday loosely there because uh, when we kind of, when we with had a baby, right, it was more of like a holiday experience where we would stay in one location for a week, you know, we'd go to an island where it's like, okay, you have the pool and you can explore the island, but it's very, you could ride back to your house, right? You could explore the island, but you're in a close vicinity um, and you're not doing anything, you um, you know like long term like long travel you know distances for example you stay in one spot and then you could maybe go the next spot um you know a day travel and then go and stay there for another week whereas you know when you're in Europe as a, a solo backpacker, it's like, it's expensive, right? Like the, even the hostels can be expensive, you know, accommodation is the biggest cost is like where you stay mm. and you want to you know, get the most out of each city and you want to keep things fast paced. You are probably hungover, over and <laughs> it's, uh, it's totally different. It's a totally different experience, but you know, I, we went to six different countries with a, a newborn and it was, it was fine totally different now with our second born here with covid hit she has seen the suburb of, of where we live and that's about it she's going to the grocery store and back so it's just been different with covid but you know travel um for the listeners i, I if people are wanting to become a digital nomad i always say to to start somewhere affordable somewhere affordable that is within your means and where you want to travel a good hub you know it could be southeast asia you know somewhere in asia where. Um, it, you can live very cheaply in terms of accommodation and use it as a, a base to travel around, right? So if you, let's say you stayed in Bangkok, you know, it's a city, you have all the facility, um, you know, facilities, but then you could, you know, travel to Phuket or, you know, Vietnam or wherever it is very easily short distances and you can, you know, have a hub or you could do more of a um well if you're working on the same time at the same time you could go somewhere where it's like known as a you know digital nomad hub you know bali for example affordable awesome food friendly people you know a lot of nomads a lot of expats and you'll feel very welcome and that's a good stepping stone to get into the travel world where it's like well what what is your uh, view on travel like and your lifestyle i guess is what i'm getting at is like what do you want to be doing? How many places do you want to see? Do you want to stay like see someone very deeply? Right. As you said, you go back to some places. And we've definitely gone back to some of our favorites. When you know you go there, it's like, oh, this is awesome. We need to come back and do this in more depth. Right. And yeah. I think that's what travel is about. It's like, well, what what interests us or me, right? To you know, to go
0: back to? Yeah. Everybody to has that. a different reason for why they want to travel somewhere
1: yeah you know some people just want to sit on the beach other people want to get into culture and you know after a couple of months in europe i didn't want to see another church again i was like so <laughs> but then you then you go to another like you know you go to greece and it's like well I've, i'm scorched i'm burnt i don't want to see another beach again so it's like you mix things up and it's like it's just it's just keep thing it keeps things interesting so um yeah i guess the point of all this is understand when you want to get out of it and go somewhere within your means and you know, learn from that experience and then grow and you, know, you can expand that um, experience further and you just see more and more places as you go.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. I think the point you mentioned about the, the hub idea for somebody if it's, if it's new to them, but they want to become a digital nomad and they're really into that um, to treat something like that where um, like the way I used to look at it is like, well, once you're in Europe, like the flight to get to Europe, if you are in the US or Australia, like, that might be expensive, but once you're there, then it's relatively affordable or, or quick to get between countries in Europe. And the same thing goes for Asia. So, like, if you fly to Bangkok, for instance, like you mentioned, then, like, you can get a cheap flight to, like, Singapore or Malaysia or something from there and then go back to Bangkok later. Um, and then that way you can also uh, don't have to worry about, like, things like visas and stuff like that, I guess. I think I think that's something that people tend to assume if uh before they start researching that like oh it's going to be so difficult for all the different visas and requirements and things like that and depending on the kind of passport you hold i guess it can be more difficult um i'm unfortunate. the u.s passport you, there's not too many places you need visas for but um but yeah in general almost for anyone it's not as difficult as uh, it might first seem
1: no and that's the thing it's just it's just going and taking that leap right you can just you could book a place for a couple of weeks and see if it's right you may get homesick in the first few weeks if um, it's new to you but if you book a place for a a month and just stay there you'll get used to it and you can adapt and that's when you you know you just you're doing it right you're living it and you're like okay well it wasn't actually that difficult it's just i'm leaving someone new now and yes there will be sacrifices there will be sacrifices but it you know at what, what are the benefits of it right it's a new country new culture new experiences you know new friends like this you don't know what's over over the other side so if you're sick of you know where you are you want to change and you want a new experience i'm all about that then you know think about it that's i guess my point
0: yeah yeah that's great yeah i think um for me my style was i would i really try to stay everywhere at least a month that i would go that way you could really get to know it you don't have to like rush through the place And I got to the point that I would ignore, like, even researching about a place. And I would just think, well, where's somewhere that I haven't gone yet. And then we would just go there and then figure out from there. And I remember uh, one of the places I felt like that worked out the best for me was uh, Budapest. That um, uh, we'd been a lot of places in Europe and we're thinking, well, where should we go? And uh, we arrived there. And I think we booked it for a month, but within like the first week, we already asked like the Airbnb host and said like, can we extend this another month? Because we just loved, we loved it, absolutely. And yeah. I, I had no idea what to expect um, going there before that. Um, for you if, you, if you could name a favorite place that you've traveled to, what would that be?
1: Uh, yeah, there's a few. Uh, South Africa, you know, top of mind. The, the reason why is because, you know, there's some similarities to Australia, but not, that's not really the reason it's the Cape town in particular. I love as mm-hmm. a city, uh, it's, you know, the scenery You know, it's on the water It's in, it has mountains, it has amazing food. It has really friendly people. Yes. There's crime. That's the only downfall of this place, but the, there's safaris, uh, game drives, there's the animals, there's new experiences, you know, um, you know, there's brides or barbecues. There's, you know, the lifestyle as an Australian, it, it really speaks to me and, you know, the African people are just so friendly and, you know, there's a mix of cultures there and it's just like a big mixing pot and there's a lot of cool experiences and fun experiences that you don't get anywhere else in the world. Um, and that, that speaks to me as, you know, as a country. So South Africa is one, Barcelona is another favorite city. I I love that it's on the beach and, you know, lifestyle that, you know, um, eating and drinking and the clubs and the the late nights and that, that sort of thing. That's, kind of an era gone by but you know back back then it was um you know it's really spoke to me and that was we've stayed there for a lot a number of times and you know they're, they're my two top two i guess
0: cool all right that's great i actually haven't been to either of those places so i uh barcelona has been on my list um south africa as well but um i don't know i feel like maybe you're a little bit more outdoorsy than i am um but i still would uh, definitely like to uh to check it out um yeah well there's, there's 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 a lot of outdoor stuff but there's also you know a lot of um
1: you know other things you can just do uh, i guess i guess it is outdoors i'm thinking it's like everything i'm going to name is outdoors so it's like hiking yeah. and safaris and you know <laughs> it's like adventure it's like a, little, a lot of adventure i guess so, yeah
0: yeah um, yeah if like for when you're ready or when you want to go on a more adventurous trip that sounds like a great place to go for that Yep. Yeah, for sure So aside from your brand design business, Just Creative, you're also offering uh, coaching services to other designers in what you call the Inner Triangle and a community called the Exponential Creatives. So why did you decide to get into this coaching and uh, community offering? And how does that work exactly?
1: Yes. So this, this started back when COVID hit. You know, everyone was becoming isolated and we needed to have some connection. And I got into the world of coaching because uh, I saw a lot of creatives struggling with you know, creating a business and just making the mistakes that I made early in the career. And I wanted to share that experience with others. And, you know, I just I started uh, learning about coaching. I was taking courses and reading books and just how to be- how to actually help others and empower them and not just give them answers right? It's, it's really about showing them the way, not, you know, you know, um, actually taking them the whole way. And that, that really spoke to me and uh, I started it and I kind of just, I sent an email out to my list and the, I just saw, I asked if people would be interested in it and there was a lot of feedback, right? There was a lot of interest and, you know, it, the idea was validated from the get go. So I'm like, well, this, this sounds like a great opportunity. It can give back. Um, and, you know, it, it, you know, straight off the bat, it was it was very successful. And I learned a lot in that process, learned how to coach. And, like, I was terrible in the beginning. I literally I, – I had a group of, like, I don't know, 15. It was a group coaching experience. And I was, like, writing pages of answers down, like, what everyone said so I didn't miss anything and, like, writing it all down. And, like, in hindsight, like, that was a terrible idea. You know, you weren't listening properly. You were distracted by writing. And, you know, it, it's better just to listen. And the more I learned about coaching and, um, you know, how to do – How to do it better Uh, i realized that it's more about listening asking better questions and um, when necessary then you know showing them a way to actually help help them so that was the coaching side of it called the inner triangle and it is a group coaching uh, program like a mastermind and we meet every couple of weeks Uh, every two weeks we meet up in a group and we like it's um, there for accountability we talk about any problems that come up we have um, guest experts come in uh, we have focus sessions, you know, if you want to learn about pricing or positioning or niching or uh, productivity, we'll have a session on that. So it's a really great way to learn and, you know, connect with other creatives. And that group coaching program uh, kind of stemmed into a bigger community. So the inner triangle is like, you know, the, uh, a niche group of people that meet every two weeks. Whereas the second offering, the exponential creatives is like a a larger community, right? It's it's, um, a paid membership community. So you have to pay to get in there. It's not a free membership, uh, a free community like Facebook. And the reason I started Exponential Creators was because there's no shortage of um, communities online, but they, they're all about the numbers, right? And there's no meaningful connection. And the reason Exponential Creators, I wanted to start Exponential Creators, was to have a closer knit group of people that really wanted to be there without the noise of Facebook and the ads and, um, you know, just <laughs> like so many notifications and everything binging at you. Binging yeah. at you. Um, so this is, this platform is hosted on a platform called circle and it's very, it's a very beautiful platform and it's, um, everything's in that world. So it's like a forum, we have events, we have, um, you know, live workshops, we have trainings, we have a book club, we have accountability partners to keep each other accountable. We have meetups, um, we have, um chat topics we have a forum where you can you know ask questions and connect with others and the the best thing about it is that community and the it's a mixed bag of creatives. so it's not just designers or brand designers or web designers it's a mixed bag so you'll you'll have those sorts of people in there you'll have photographers you'll have you know business owners agency owners and you'll have start like freelancers and you can learn from one another it's not just a silo of you know just strategists or just designers it's um you can learn from one another And that is what I have seen as, you know, really powerful because of that cross-section. So, and it's a ton of value, right? I mean, the the membership is only 29 bucks a month. It will go up as the value, um, you know, time goes on, but it's price. So there's a barrier of entry, but it's not like a, you know, um, you know, there's overvalued like mastermind courses where you're like 49999 um, value and like slashed out to whatever. It's like, no, I just want to provide you know a ton of value at a very minimum cost just so there's a small barrier to entry and people don't have a burden of you know, these huge mastermind courses. So it's just a closer-knit community and that's really why uh, you know, I'm growing that. I'm focusing on growing that even more uh, this year. So yeah, if there's any creatives out there that you know, that sounds interesting to you, um, you can sign up or you can apply. I screen every single application to ensure that you're a good fit. Uh, and it, yeah, it's just 29 bucks a month. You get access to the vault of workshop replays. And there's ton, a ton of value in there. You know, that is so underpriced. It's not funny, but yeah, you know, I, mean, I want I think
0: it's definitely true because everybody wants to find like this community of people that are interested in or doing a similar thing to what they're doing. And like, as you mentioned, like, Some people try to find that on Facebook, but it's like at best a poor like replacement for what the ideal community really would be, you know, because first you're bombarded by these notifications and then second is like you're getting some people in there. You might make a great connection with somebody, but as you said, like having like some kind of vetting and some kind of price point is really helping to ensure the quality of the community and the members in it.
1: Yeah. And it takes a lot of nurturing. Like we, it, it is about the connection and we we understand what people's goals are and it's like really focusing on the people in there, not just the numbers. And you know, that when you focus on the people and their goals and why they're there, you know, it it makes for a much better community and a closer knit community and they actually grow faster, right? There's meaningful connection. It's not just another number and that's, you know, coming from someone that has a Facebook group of like a group to over a hundred thousand and like, What is that? It's just a number. There's no connections happening. And now I have, there's about 120 members in this paid membership community and it's thriving. It's incredible. You know, just because you care and you're making these like, and you've vetted people that want to be there. It's so much more powerful than, you know, a hundred thousand community, which doesn't mean Jack. And, you know, that's someone that built that up.
0: So, you know, yeah, that's a great point. So is this, uh, this community and this coaching, is that more of your focus now than the brand design or is it still kind of like 50, 50? Uh,
1: I have three focuses, um, three arms in my business. So I have consulting and I have the community and then my blog, the blog and community are kind of interrelated, but the community, I call it like my coaching and the community. Um, and that's my focus this year, but I definitely have client work that kind of uh, is a huge focus. I don't know what the percentage is uh, time-wise, but c- consulting is more. You know, there's more work in it. You know, you have to do strategy and design and calls and everything. So it's definitely more than the community. And then I have another third arm, which is the blog, and I have a team of uh, five writer, uh five writers and two editors. I have a podcast um, and video editor, audio editor, and a virtual assistant as well that runs the um, the blog and the like it's kind of like my affiliate uh, passive income arm of the business. And that takes its, my time as well. You know, probably I'm trying to give you some numbers, but it's probably like I don't know, forty for the consult consulting, thirty for you know, community, and twenty for the. Um, I don't even that adds up to a hundred. <laughs> but um, I don't know. <laughs> well, there's That's always it, all right?
0: the other things in business that you have to do, and that's gonna uh that's gonna bring you to uh at least to 100 uh
1: yeah maybe 110 like add the podcast in there and then there's you know interviews and social media so it's definitely 110 somewhere
0: cool all right so with uh like this coaching program the memberships the blog the consulting um i'm curious what new trends do you see developing in the space of brand design is there anything uh, you could point to as like what you think the future of brand design will be?
1: Yeah, so it's, well, the, com- the commoditization of design is happening now. If you have not already seen it, you must be living under a rock. But, you know, Fiverr, Canva, um, you know, marketplaces online where you can download things and stock. And like design is, um, it's being commoditized in a way. But that's not to say that you know the thinking and the strategy behind it is not. So that's really where the trends are going. If you wanted to thrive and survive as a creative, um, especially as a, a, a brand designer, brand is very wide and um, very deep. You know, brand. A lot of designers, especially early career, they may not necessarily know this at this time. They're just focused on the visuals, which is okay in the beginning because you're learning your skills and the the technique the technical skills when it comes to your craft that's the bare minimum that you have to know but once you get into this world of brand you'll realize it's so much more and brand design it doesn't mean just graphic design design is also a very deep and wide word so when you say brand design it can mean much more than just the you know the identity or the logo so that's important an important thing to consider so the trends are definitely uh, you know, design as, or graph design and the accessibility of these tools has mean that it's more accessible for business owners. And they're, they're becoming more savvy when it comes to uh, social media and the graphics and, you know, creating, you know, the assets that they need to market themselves. They are realizing that they can do some of it their own on their own and save money that way. So that's why it's going in that direction. What they don't have these business owners is access to you know the, the creative mind and the strategic thinking and the bigger ideas and the knowledge when it comes to brand design and the inter- cross-section of design, marketing, business and how all that works together to grow a business and to get customers. So that, if you're a brand designer, having that breadth of skill, business, marketing, brand, uh, is going to be so much more powerful than just having technical skills. You know So that's... Um, oh, my camera turned off. Interesting. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. um, I, do have a, <laughs> I think it must have ran out about but it's plugged in. Um, so yeah, having a cross-section of those skills would be uh, very uh, useful. And that's really where the things are going right
0: now. All right, great. So we got the camera back. So uh, Jacob, I have one more question for you. Uh, whenever we have a guest on, I always want them to ask a question to the audience. So if there's anything you could ask our audience, what would that be?
1: Well, where would you like to travel to and why? That would be my question.
0: All right. That's a great question. Um, that's, uh, I think, a fun one to think about, definitely. Cool. All right. Well, Jacob, that is all the questions I had for you today. But before we get going, where can people find you online? Thank you. Uh, justcreative.com is,
1: you'll, you'll find all my social media profiles on there. But pretty much all my handles are Just Creative. And you can you know, find the links on there to the communities or the, the coaching that we spoke about. So um, yeah, Just Creative, that's the, the easiest one. Cool, all right. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, great questions, had a lot of fun. Thank you for listening guys and yeah, love it.
0: If you enjoyed this interview and want a chance to ask questions to our guests live, tune in on Tuesdays when new episodes premiere on the Heights Platform Facebook page. To learn more about the show and get notified when new episodes release, check out thecreatorsadventure.com. Until then, keep learning, and I'll see you in the next episode.